being a salesperson is a daunting task. It can be a little like rolling a boulder up a hill. Congratulations, you're the person that has to interrupt somebody's day. Welcome to Drive Time Marketing. Welcome to Drive Time Marketing, tips, tricks, and tools to drive your marketing to new and great destinations. I'm your host, Julia Carcamo. Our team is currently working on a really fun project and one that is a little dear to our hearts. It's called the Southern Gaming Summit. Every year, casino operators and vendors who are interested in doing business down south converge in the picturesque town of Biloxi, Mississippi. Because it's not the biggest conference, we have to position it as something very special. And because much of the success of the show is dependent on exhibitors and sponsors, we have to find ways to show them how valuable this smaller gathering can be. We think we're uniquely suited for the role because we are casino industry vendors ourselves. And because we're pretty small compared to our competition, we've had to learn how to maximize our opportunities. You can't always count on getting the level of traffic you wished for at a conference. Or maybe you got a lot of traffic, collected some cards, but now what? Let's talk about flipping that typical vendor model. In my years on the operator side, I talked to many salespeople. I heard many more partial voicemails and saw, not read, even more emails. Being a salesperson is really hard, and too many times, it can be a little like rolling a boulder up a hill. My hat's off to you. No, really, it is. You're the person that has to interrupt somebody's day. A day that can include anything from multiple meetings to handling a customer complaint to scheduling staff to figuring out how to do more with less. It's a tough gig. Being on the vendor side is a little like finding a needle in a haystack. Only you're the needle, hoping a potential buyer is going to want to look for you and find you. That haystack gets bigger and bigger by the day, if not by the hour or minute. HubSpot has estimated the average human today is inundated with over 2,000 outbound marketing interruptions per day. 2,000! How does that happen? And buyers are figuring out more and more creative ways to block those interruptions. So rather than hoping potential customers hear or see your message, I think it's time to help them find your message. Get this. According to a 2015 Sales for Life report, 77% of B2B buyers said they waited to talk to a vendor until after they did some independent research. And 65% of buyers felt vendor content impacted the final purchase decision. I'm pretty sure those numbers have increased since then. We need to take our sales hats, turn them around, and use the marketing side a little more. To compete in a crowded landscape, let's think about using marketing to bring people to us rather than pushing our marketing out to them. So let's talk about the challenge. How do you get in front of people who aren't taking your calls? How do you get your information in front of buyers who are Googling independently? Googling, I think Googling's a word. It's not, it should be. How do you get on the consideration list your buyer is developing? There are a few parts that make up a strong inbound strategy. Basically, it breaks down into two general stages. First is information and content that can get you found. The other stage consists of landing pages and lead forms and the mechanics that add important information into your CRM systems to help your sales force. Today, we're gonna to focus on the first part. Step one, and because I love a plug, Jules rules number one, know your audience. Talk to your current customer. Ask them a few questions, or if you don't have customers yet, 
find lookalikes of your target. You probably have friends that can be used for these lookalikes for now. Then take a little time to build what's called buyer personas. In short, a buyer persona is a fictionalized representation of your potential customer. It generally includes details such as demographics, behavior patterns, motivations, and goals. But these personas will help you stay focused as you start developing your tools. Try to be as detailed as possible. Try giving them a name. So mine are Mary Marketer and Vic Vendor and Sam SVP, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Grab a photo online so that they have a face. You know, you can put some personality to them then. But remember to adhere to usage rights because my lawyer friend is going to email me if she hears this and I haven't given you some kind of advice. If you're using something internally, you're generally okay. If you're going to make something public, you may need inexpensive rights managed photos. Anyway, put these personas up in your office or in your conference room so that you don't forget who these people are. Remember, they're your customer. Keep in mind that for most purchases, you may be dealing with one or more personas. For instance, if you're selling marketing technology, most of your communications may be with the vice president or director of marketing, but who else is going to influence that purchase and the successful outcome of that purchase? Is it IT? Is it finance? How about that database marketer who's been using one tool successfully, maybe just in their mind, but now has to adapt to something new, something you've sold the GM? Does a GM or a store manager have to approve a purchase? What questions or concerns will any of these additional people have? Paint a good picture of each persona involved in the purchase decision and usage. As part of understanding your audience, you have to understand the challenges they're facing, honestly facing. Don't assume that just because you developed a great tool, it's necessarily a solution they see as worth paying for. Once you understand the problems that your solution can solve, it's time to start thinking about content. Now, let's talk about search, keywords, and content. There are a couple tools I use in developing content. The first is the Google AdWords Keyword Planner. It's free, so yay. And it allows you to see what keywords people are using to search for information or answers to their problems. If you're using AdWords to advertise already, your Google Analytics will even show you the search queries people use to get to your site. Based on the clicks and engagement measures, you can decide if you have an opportunity to develop new content or just update the existing content. Another tool I use is Keyword Tool. Yeah, the Keyword Tool is called Keyword Tool. It allows you to type in a keyword to see additional keyword suggestions. And in some cases, it even gives you suggestions for questions you could answer. That part is great for developing content. If you wanna have some fun, Try this site called Answer the Public. My friends at SpinSuck showed me that one, and sometimes I just go to it for a little fun. There are other tools too. Give a few of them a try. Sometimes one tool will be better than another if you work in a niche industry like I do. Now that you've got some keyword and content ideas, you want to develop that content and get it out. So how do you develop clickable content? Where do you start? Many ideas will come from your keyword research. There are also some great free online tools you can use. I like HubSpot's Idea Generator, but just Google Blog Idea Generator and you'll see a few options you can try. Now that you have a bunch of ideas, how do you start creating? First, you need to consider your overall business and marketing strategy. 
always consider your strategy. It's important that your content marry up with that strategy. Much of this research you do may open up other avenues for you, so you may want to revisit your strategy to see if it's still right for you, or revisit the strategy so that you can drop these crazy ideas that you just found. Then, after you've done your strategy checks, you can start to map out your content. Think of it as a bit of a content family tree. At the top of the tree is the keyword or phrase that you want to be found for, and it should be the one you can be the most competitive with. The next level is two, three, four questions that your target persona has that you can answer, either by updating the site in your content, so sometimes just utilizing the keywords that you found in your keyword search that you may not be using currently on your site, or by creating content that can be either used on your site or distributed in some other form, like LinkedIn, like industry journals, like industry blogs. The next level after that, remember your family tree. So first you got the keyword, then you got the three or four questions. Next level after that are three or four smaller subtopics related to each question. So you see how you're starting to create your content family tree. These become your white papers, your presentations, your videos, your columns, your webinars, whatever content you want to create. It'll take time to go through all this, but once you do, you'll actually have a pretty good 90 days worth of content. So how do you know all this is working? Now you have to think about your KPIs. You can set your own KPIs. They could be downloads or signups or requests for information. I use my domain authority as one KPI, but I have to tell you that that's a long gameplay. Ultimately, what you want is Google to think that you're the expert or authority on your primary keywords. Okay, here's your assignment for the next week. Do a Google search. Do a keyword search. Find one keyword that you want to concentrate on and then start to build that family tree. And then start writing. I think you'll really start to get a feel for this and it'll become second nature for you. That about does it for this week's episode of Drive Time Marketing. I hope you're enjoying the reboot as much as I am enjoying sharing some ideas with you. If you are, please leave us a great review and rating so other marketers can find us. And let us know if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, or if you want to share your content family tree with us. You can find our show notes at drivetimemarketingpodcast.com. And you can find us every day on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Until next week, good marketing. Talk to you next week. And today I'm talking about, oh, that's not what I'm talking about. So let's talk about, this is what happens when the neighbor's son goes out of his house.